This is Rashawn Slater, first round draft pick for the LA Chargers, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Bolt up. Hello and welcome to the 100th episode of the Charged Up Bolts podcast. On this show, we have the old music intro back. That tells you how special this episode is. We're going to be talking about how we got to 100 episodes. We're going to talk about the Chargers a little bit, so we're not putting too much of a down on the show. We're going to talk about coffee, stadiums. We've got magic tricks. We've got special cameo appearances. It is going to be the most incredible episode of all time. And to top it off, I'm wearing Chargers gear for one show and one show. I'm hoping this wipes all the fines away. I am joined by three spectacular, beautiful co-hosts. Number one, welcome, John Morse Jr. Buongiorno. <laughs> How you doing, mate? You, you happy I'm wearing Chargers gear? You know, no, those, that's not offsetting the fines. Those fines still stand. All right, that'll fund the fact, 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 I'm, I'm trebling them. I'm trebling them because you've got 99 on and he wears 97. So it's go. not even episode 99. I should have, I should have worn that last week. <laughs> 99 plus one. I'm also joined by the most amazing American. He is hashtag audible chocolate. It is John Ayres. I well, I'm glad to be here. It's it's an amazing, <laughs> an amazing experience. I'm sorry. I'm a little under the weather um, after seeing all the Taylor Swift fat phobic content. I just, I can't <laughs> T-Swizzle. She broke my heart. She broke my heart. My fat Hashtag heart. audible and T-Swizzle in beef. Uh, I've, got, I've, got, I've got some interference. T-Swizzle. I don't know what's going on. What the heck? Right. You, be, you get in your you lane don't... because I'm going to put Eurovision songs on if you're not careful. <laughs> I just don't think he listens to music. Do you actually listen to music? Because I feel like every time we make a music reference, you're just like, I don't listen to that. Like, do you listen to anything? Is it 80s? Well, I don't understand. <laughs> He's probably a soft rock fan. I am also joined by a Eurovision lover all the way from Colchester, New Jersey. No, not New Jersey. Essex. It is Dan Hollywood King. I think I think part of it is is the context, though. Because like she's stepping on the scales and it says fat. Because... Like of all the comments she got when she was starting out, like interference, you know, interference. <laughs> How's it going? This is now a Taylor Swift uh, podcast. So. I would have no idea what you were all talking about, apart from about ten minutes. Taylor Swift. Does she report for the touch? Sorry, Sorry it's 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 me. I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> uh, well, you know what, guys, we, we're here to talk about 100th episode. It's here. It's been incredible. We've been going for a few years. We've got to 100 and and. We're going to have a party, but we're going to bring the tone down and be low and upset first. Then we'll build it back up. So we're going to talk about the charges. Um, and, and, you know, this is the season that started with huge anticipation. Our Super Bowl run, exciting coach, amazing off-season acquisitions, Herbert going mad, and not so much. Well, so we're coming, off, we're coming up into the bye week, and hopefully this will be your bye week special listen. And, uh, you know, we were four and three, which is a reasonable, you know, record and we are in a playoff spot at the moment currently scheduled to play the Chiefs if the season ended today but we're coming off a very disappointing loss to the Seattle Seahawks and people are pretty pessimistic there's not a lot of trade action going on we have signed Jeremiah Ritalshu 
who is returning after playing. We drafted him and he then went to every single team in the NFL and then came back. So, you know, I want us to start off, talk about what you want, but the season is, we've got to the bye week. We're going to go straight to Dan and say, you know, we're four and three, room for optimism because we can improve and we have a winning record, but we're playing terribly and coming off a defeat. Yeah. You know, where are you? How are you feeling about it at the minute, Dan? Um, I, d- I don't know. Um, there's, there's obviously, there's still a small sense of optimism, but small. My God, is it dwindling? Um, there, there's, there's no beating around the bush with that last performance. It was just poor. Poor decisions, poor play calling, poor choices made by Herbert. Um, clearly not right. Keenan Allen clearly shouldn't have really been there. Um, too many injuries happening. But you never know. Any given Sunday or that. You never like, know. That's, that's as optimistic as it gets. We're not going to lose this week. That bit I'm certain about. Did we lose last week, technically? I mean, they never I showed up think... to play, so it doesn't count true, as a loss. True. Um, but <laughs> the, yeah, best, the best st- part of that game was after they were down 38, uh, 38 to uh, 7, <laughs> 16, 16. So I don't even remember the score. It was just bad. Just gave up halfway through. Yeah, thought, yeah. I, I went to bed before the end of the game. Um, and I just, I didn't then watch the last two or three minutes because what was the point? No, I didn't see the Eckler touchdown. Still haven't seen it. You know, John. It's important enough for them to play their starters in another blowout loss at the yeah. end of the game. That well, like they did against the Jaguars. Yeah, that's a good idea with a, with a yeah. rib injury. I mean, and what's the worst that could happen? You could get some injuries, right? Maybe yeah. that doesn't Oops. sound like us. I mean, I'd hate to lose Jason Moore for the rest of the season. That would have been <laughs> catastrophic to this wide receiver core. Wide receiver one. Go on, John. Talk to me about the first first part of the season. We're in the bye week. You sound down. No room for excitement. What do you think this team is? Let me put it this way. So on Twitter for, you know, it took me a little while to come around because I was a big Brian Dabble fan. But I mean, who knows if that guy would be ever any good in the NFL anyways, right? <laughs> Whatever. Um, but I was like, he was one of the guys I was beating the table for. Like, I think he would make a great fit. And I'd love to pair offense and offense and just say, screw it. Let's go for it. But they went with Staley. And, you know, after everything I could read and get a hold of, you know, it, it I was confident. You know, I'm going to support this team, right? At the end of the day, I'm going to support this team no matter how many times they hurt me. I'm always coming back, all right? It, it wasn't the charges that hit me. It was the can of beans that fell on my eye. It's That's where that black eye came from, okay? All day long, that's going to be me. I'm never going to stop coming back. So my, my Twitter handle was Staley Stan because I stand Staley. I was like, I believe in this guy. You know, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm all in. Let's do this. Just the other day, about day and a half ago, I changed my Twitter handle. Well, not the actual handle, but the little name thing. Uh, to Staley out question. <gasps> I am legitimately wondering: is was is it just too early? Am I, I, I my faith in Staley's wrong? Now, do I think he needs to be out? No, I think obviously, anytime you try to take a coach out mid year, I mean, with the exception of the Raiders, were such a crap show that of course they bring in you know a coach and he actually does well. Uh, and then, of course, pure Raiders fashion, their best coach in the last 10 years, they fire him after like half a season of work, but whatever. Um, you know, generally, when you take out a head coach in the middle of the season, the whole season goes to crap. OK, it's they're four and three. They're four and three. Like, I, I get it. Like, again, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, they're an elite four and three team. And they're they're technically a playoff team right now as it stands. Technically, I think they're the seventh seed. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're technically a playoff seed uh, seeded team. They're they're four and three. They got a winning record. Like, you know, it's not all grim 
right? It's just, but they're not great. Okay. And what we've seen on the field is a lot of things that we saw with Lynn, unfortunately, right? And that is players who don't seem to know the role, players who seem to get out of position, and then we get burned. Okay. And again, I'm not I'm I'm not trying to use JC Jackson as you know, the sacrificial lamb, you know, he's injured and that sucks. And I really, I legitimately hope that he has a great recovery. He comes back better than ever. I legitimately hope that not just because he's signed with the Chargers for a billion dollars, but because I legitimately, <laughs> you know, I hate injuries. I would always, I will 100% root for the best team versus the best team, all their healthy players. And let's see that game. Right. I never want excuses. I never want all oh, the left guards out of it. So, but at the same time, he played poorly and, a lot of it seemed to be he was outside of his comfort zone. He was not he he was not really fitting in with what this defense wanted to do. Now, part of that comes to scouting, right? Staley, Telesco, they got together, they scouted his tape, and they said, yeah, this is the guy we want to bring in. Staley, at the end of the day, said, hey, this is the guy I want to bring in, and I think he'd be a great fit for my, my defense, right? He has not been a fit, okay? And we'll never get to know whether he actually ends up fitting in, uh, at least this season. So... Part of me is starting to believe that, you know, we gave him the, the pass on his defense the first season saying, hey, he didn't have the right guys. He was trying to do square pegged round hole. But at the end of the day, there is a level of coaching where you can say, look, I don't care if it is a, uh, is a round hole and I have a square peg. How can I make this hole work? How can I make this peg work? Right. Mm-hmm. And really good coaches know how to do that. And it does not seem he does. It seems like he's got his methods. And, and maybe that's why he loves Joe Lombardi. Joe Lombardi's like, hey, this is my offense. Right. And, you know, it's going to work, you know, and if the defense is sitting there waiting for it, he's going to say, well, we're just going to keep doing it because it'll work. Just keep throwing it. We'll figure it out. Right. And that's not good play calling. That's not good coach teams. Well, coached teams go through. They make adjustments. They make changes. They don't have players who have never really been a vocal player. Right. Keaton Allen has generally been a, a, you know, a company man. Right. He'll say a few things here and there, but nothing like nothing really disparaging just mm-hmm. mostly like hey you know that was not our best performance we can do better that, that kind of stuff right raw raw crap he the fact that he came out on twitter and was like what is this team doing All right what are we doing here that speaks volumes and i know it was a small thing and i know him and him and staley hashed it out but to me the fact that you have a veteran leader what our, our number one receiver a guy who is more most respected in that locker room than probably anyone else having him come out and start questioning the coach right that to me is a systemic problem that this team is getting lost and he is losing the locker room. And we all saw what happened when Lynn lost the locker room. We had half, half efforts and guys who were just like, Oh, well, I just don't want to get injured. So I guess that's going to be a touchdown. All right. And I, 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 I'm really worried that that's seeing that creeping in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, exactly. I mean, what was Staley's got his guys we've saw in the Chargers YouTube program, when JC Jackson was signing and, and Staley was saying, I've scouted you, I've seen you, you're elite, you do this, you do that, you're amazing, I'm paying you the money, and then puts him in position not to succeed. I mean, a lot is on JC Jackson and some of it's on the defense. Staley's defense is his now and it has his guys and it is a bit boom or bust and then dies off a bit. Um, Staley out, what, what's your thoughts on the charges? Guys, the you, you've got it all wrong, you've got it all wrong. Here we go. For years, for years, we've been talking about how garbage Chargers special team is. We're ranked ninth in DVOA. We fixed <laughs> the world. <laughs> no, ser- seriously. Um, I want to sort of echo something that John said about players getting lost. And I have made that comment there about 
a a top ten special teams uh, in DVOA, which is is a must. But where's the offense and where's the defense? Now, one of the metrics that I like to look at uh, in terms of judging performance and seeing how players are actually performing from week to week is the PFF. There's the PFF uh, stats. Outside of Khalil Mack, there's not a lot going on in, in terms of performance. Yes, Eckler has been putting up some good numbers on the ground and through the air, and he's probably been the most consistent player on offence. Mack has been playing lights out. And then you start looking around the actual roster, and you're like, where's all the, where's all the good performances coming from? Herbert's dropped off. Lindsley's played well, but he's been injured, and that's affected the offensive line when Will Claps come in because Zion Johnson's looked like a different player altogether when uh, he's not standing at the side of, of Lindsley. There's an awful lot of question marks for me. And I think in order for someone to get a true barometer of what's happening with his team, you'd have to sit down with a Chargers player on a one-to-one in confidence to see what really is going down because even the likes of Derwin James, I think it was in week three he had a re- or week four, he had a really bad game. That's not like him. So we are we are struggling for consistency. Mac phenomenal on defense. Eckler pretty damn good on offense. But outside that, what have we got? Yes, you can blame the injuries, but we. I mean, Murray has been absolutely garbage to be quite frank, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him getting traded. Matt Feeler, what is going on with him? Yeah, one he's of the be- one of the best guards in the game has just dis- just dis- disintegrated this season. Is it because of Slater? Possibly, but Solia's coming and and, and Solia's been okay. Well. Yeah, he, he has. has. He has credit to him. One of only two rookies above well. seventy PFA, PFF rating. Let, 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 let's just let's just let's just put one player under the spotlight here right now, and he he does divide opinion. Xander Horvath. Xander Horvath. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> whenever, whenever, yeah, whenever, that man, give him his bag. <laughs> Whenever Herbert now. is allowed to launch missiles down to Mike Williams, we've seen a lot of production. We're not seeing that. We're not seeing Mike getting open. We're not. I don't we're think not... we're going to see it for a little while. We've, yeah, but we've never no, but... seen Mike get open. Let's be honest here. <laughs> With the exception of like a pick play or a blown coverage, Mike Williams is never open. That, yeah. And that's not what he makes. He makes his money off you throwing him the ball and the, him going up and getting it. Let's be this fair. Is, here. This is the point. That's who he is. This that's is the point. Did. When we see Mike getting open, it's it's a one-off. When it's a 50-50 ball, it becomes an 80-20 ball. And we take those chances, and Mike generally wins those matchups. We're not seeing that. Something's changed. I mean, I was joking in weeks three and four saying that, you know, um, Lombardi's deliberately closed his playbook because he doesn't want to show too many cars going down the stretch. It's gone beyond a joke now. It's gone beyond a joke. And... You know, I, I'm always an upbeat guy. You know, as you know, I said 5-0. and oh. We could have gone five and zero. Oh. We could be two, we we could be two and five here right now uh, as we speak. We're four and three. We are very much like the Browns. The, the Browns. Oh, steady! Come on. No, seriously. Who are the Browns? Who are the Chargers? We don't have an identity. I've been telling you all season that come week seven, going to bye week, we'll know what the Chargers are. I don't know what the Chargers are. I have no a disappointment. What the we, we know they're a disappointment. A mess. But I don't know what they are. They've got no identity, and you can blame you can blame the injuries. Something is not right. If Herbert's well, not fully fit, get him out of there. Just get him out of there. 
If he's it's not just, fully we fit. just seem to be in limbo because there are teams. You, you look the injuries you can blame to a point, and and you know you gut any team as badly as the Chargers are gutted, then they might struggle. And to be four and three, probably need to pat on the back given the amount of injuries we have. So you can look at it from that point of view. I think the performance is disappointing. Um, I don't think I agree with you. Staley had an identity. We bigged him up, said that he was going to bring this amazing elite defense. It's just this. this two, I've, I've rewatched a couple of the games and the consistently the Seahawks and other teams are open by miles against zone defense. Bez, to be honest, Bez, and we, we never get open. Not even to be a fair, we, we made Gino Smith look like a an elite, un, unflappable um, uh, Aaron Rodgers in his prime or, or Tom Brady in his prime. That That's ridiculous. You know, Gino Smith, he's got talent. We should not be making him look like an MVP candidate. That's exactly what we did. But you, you've got to go back further. I want to know why JC Jackson deferred his operation until he did. Because not having preparation, I don't care how good a football player you are, when you don't have the preparation, you come into the league cold, you're going you're gonna to struggle. And he's been terrible. He's been one of the most... Dis- if, if Mac has been a five-star recruit, JC Jackson's been a one-star recruit and we've spent a ton of money to get a premier defensive back in and he's been absolutely garbage. He was undrafted and there is a track record in the NFL of undrafted players being brilliant on one team and that team not paying them and they go elsewhere and and don't perform. Well, then he's not So I think people said he was healthy. People said he was fit and this injury probably came at a good time for him because he just wasn't on it. Um, and he's the biggest disappointment. When you go and spend that amount of money on a guy who's being let go by a pr- franchise that is renowned for making players, letting them go and then being awful. Coaches, players, that's what they do at the Patriots. Um, it's it's a worry about how Tom Telesco... For me, Tom Telesco is in the hot seat because he just he spent our money. He hasn't built a football team with depth. He spent it incorrectly. There, there's some gems and he's done some exciting yeah. stuff, but... You know, it's too little too late now. There's another way to look at this. There's three te- there's three players carrying the defence. Mac, Drew Tranquil, we forgot about him. He's yeah, been he playing can. great. And Derwin James. Sort and there's of. three players carrying the offence. Lindsley, Solia and, and, and Eckler. That can't be the case. You need all your players to be making some sort of contribution. True. Um, I mean, Sony Michelle, what the heck? Look, I used to play rugby league as a kid. Let me play running back. I tell you right now, I'm putting more yards on the. I, I, I swear to God, so I would pay. I would pay garbage. to see you being. I will hit in pay. The I will. I will. I, I would love to see that. We'll all Get sign up and live field. stream it on here. Right, here's Good. a question for Dan. One hundred episode surprise. We've got we you. We've got you a ticket to the team. You're going. You're going to practice. Yes! We're flying you out. You're, you're going to get a shot. Them. You're going to get a shot. Uh, unfortunately, all your runs are going uh, to Max side. So good luck oh. getting around that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> so here's, here's a question. I'm going to start off with Dan, but this is a question for everyone as well. Um, I, I said something on Twitter that we are holding back as a franchise from criticizing the one man that I don't think should be immune from criticism, and that is Justin Herbert. So he's injured. So is it injury? Or is he, I predicted that sophomore slump in his second year and it never happened. And you made me eat my hat for that. But I think it's a delayed sophomore slump because even before the injury, play calling is play calling. And you can still see some of the elite mechanisms. But unfortunately, the laser accurate guy who is clutch on third and fourth long isn't showing up. It's just not happening. And, you know, does he have to take the blame, Dan? Or or, um, or am I being... Uh... So, so first up, 
the, the, la the laser accuracy. Um, I've actually been looking at Herbert's stats. Last year, 65.9% completion. This year, 65.9% completion. Oh, wow. So his accuracy is like exactly on track. Now, he is throwing about a yard less per average, um, a, a yard less on average per throw, uh, which, yeah, that adds up, makes a difference. But I think the biggest thing we're not seeing from Herbert is running, mm -hmm. probably because of the injury. And when he is running, it's more of a, oh, damn, something's gone wrong. Get out of there. <laughs> um but he was our third best runner last year, or third highest in yardage. Whether he was good or not is a different different question. Because should he be running? Maybe not. But he's just that's that's not really part of the game this year. Um, and yeah, whether it's whether it's he's taking too long to get through things because nothing's sitting quite right for him. Uh, I don't know because I mean you see him uh, the, the game just this weekend a uh, couple of third down conversion attempts to like DeAndre Carter when there was seemingly better options at the time. Um, yeah, it just, it doesn't feel right. I, I don't want to say either way that it's the injury or it's the player. I think it's a combination of both. Um, I don't think you can have a rib injury and not feel it. No, no matter what you say, you're going to feel that. Every time Especially in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't Everything want to take the big breathe, hit. But if he, move, if he can't play, he can't make the big throws from injury. If he can't run because they're terrified of him being injured, why is he playing deep into the fourth quarter in games we've lost? Well, Actually, that's a that's a big that's a big question. There's a leadership failing there because it's okay. Staley saying that uh, was it week two or week three got injured. He wants to be out there with his teammates. At some point, you say sit your ass down on that bench. I'm the head coach. And we've got uh, an 18-week season, 17 games, and we're, we're we're looking for the playoffs. So sit your backside down there. Sit your fanny down, Justin. So that's that's the leadership uh, issue, in my opinion. I think it's great. I, I love the tenacity. I love the bravery. You know, um, he's a tough kid, but that's naivety from the head coach, and it's naivety from the quarterback. We don't want to see Herbert. I don't want to see any quarterbacks getting injured. The game's much better when the premier players are out there doing their thing. We, we don't want to see him getting injured. True. John, you know, was wants to trade Herbert for Geno Smith and thinks he's trash. Hang on a minute. <laughs> Have I just missed like five minutes of the podcast? <laughs> Is he wrong? Um, I mean, look, I think we can all be reasonable fans. We don't have to be haters. We don't have to be negative. And we can look at the season and say, Justin Herbert has taken a step back. I think that's all. That's a reasonable thing to say. Now, I'm sorry, Waz, I'm not trading for Gino. So I'm sorry, you're going to have to take that and eat your own hand on that. But, um, you know, I, I think that there's a couple things involved. Obviously, the injury can't be ignored. That It's obviously affecting him. The offensive line, uh, you know, basically musical chairs is obviously affecting the ability for him to have time. Uh, it feels like his internal clock is is sped up, right? That that clock that gives you, hey, this is how much time. Like it just it just feels like he's constantly feel, uh, feeling the pressure and moving, right? Like I just saw said on there that he's got like you know the top, um, he's got the best percentage of plays where he's avoided a sack because of his movement in the pocket or ability to get rid of the ball, um, which is obviously an important skill. But part of that is his inability to plant, sit there, go through his reads, uh, let them develop. 
and get rid of it. Right? It, it means that he's having to move around. He's having to get rid of the ball quicker than he should. So I think that's all part of it. Uh, and an offensive scheme cannot be overlooked. I mean, you see these plays constantly where you just have all kinds of receivers, you know, going five to eight yards and then turning around. And, you know, you know, we talk a lot about like drop passes and we talked a lot about, you know, inaccuracies and those have been out there, right. Where maybe it seems like he's just kind of sailing the ball a little bit. Again, could be an injury thing. Could just be him maybe trying a little bit too hard. I don't know. But the problem is, is when he does get a guy who is at least kind of open, right. It's not exactly like they're, you know, they're wide open, but he gets a guy kind of, open. he gets in the ball when the receiver is catching the ball, nine out of 10 times, the receiver is flat footed looking at the, at the quarterback. And sure. That's a great way to catch a ball. Sure. But what does that mean? It means that for you to be able to get some yards after the catch, some yak, some things that we desperately need as a team, this player has to then secure the ball, turn around, get his momentum going in the new direction, all before the defender has recovered enough to make the tackle, right? And since we're not getting the kind of separation that we need to make that happen, we don't have a yard and a half to where, oh, I've got a yard and a half of cushion. I can turn around and make a move. No, it's I've got a half a yard, if not less, of cushion. I caught the ball, and as soon as I go to make a turn, the guy's on me, right? So, you know, I think that is is hurting it. And to be perfectly honest, and, I, and I've seen some stuff about Joe Lombardi's time in uh, in Detroit, it's really interesting if you go back and look at some of that stuff. There is a lot of the same complaints, a lot so of the he- same issues with Lombardi as offensive coordinator in, uh, in Detroit, where he was, you know, he was neutering, uh, his quarterback there, Stafford, he's like, Stafford's got a big arm too. And he said, no, 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 no. Okay, yeah, you can throw deep every once in a while. You got Megatron or whatever, right? But still, let's throw these shorter passes. Let's be conservative. Let's not turn the ball over, okay? And that's great. That's I'm sure that works, you know, to an extent. But this team needs more. Justin Herbert needs more. And I think that that mindset of play it safe, don't turn the ball over, protect the ball, which I think if you remember preseason when they were talking about it and, and Herbert, hey, what are you working on? What do you got coming to the season? Part of it was taking better care of the ball and getting through my reads, right? That was something that we heard a few times from Herbert. Well, I think they've I, I think they've put that into his brain, and now he's like, well, take care of the ball, take care of the ball, right? Got to get rid of the ball. Don't take a sack, okay? So what does that mean? That means get the, rid of the ball quickly, find the closest guy who's open and throw him the ball real quick, uh, avoid dangerous throws. Uh, and it doesn't work. And then what happens is they get behind and now, now he's behind. Now he's in obvious passing situations. He's got to force something in there. That's when a lot of these bad decisions are happening when he's on third and long or when they're already down two scores. And he's like, I got to make something happen. So I'm going to try to force this ball mm-hmm. in between two players. Or maybe he sees something and just reacts instead of actually diagnosing the play. Cause he's like, Oh, is somebody actually open? Holy cow. And then, Oh no, wait, there was a safety uh, over the top who was anticipating, or there's a DB underneath he didn't see who comes and makes the pick. So like, I just think that he is, Honestly, I think this offense and everything that's going on around him is affecting him, and I think it's causing this regression. So, yes, he's regressing, but again, I don't think it's 100% his fault. But so, he has he has blame. He has blame. So you reminded me that we've, like, with all the injuries we've seen, like Keenan Allen missing so many games, you think we'd see a bit more Jalen Guyton, right? He's still on the roster. He's been healthy. I think he's right? on IR. He's on IR. He's yeah, going, he, yeah, he's injured yeah. now as well. As well, well as Williams, Allen, Guyton. There goes that then. Because yeah. he had a couple of catches in the first yeah. game. They're um, still no, underused when he was healthy. Our our deep, our, our explosive player, you know, that, that guy who's going to be the quick twitch guy, is our punt returner and kickoff returner who's literally almost never 
been a number uh, number two receiver in the league, let alone the number three or four. You know, like like he's the guy that we're like, oh hey, we don't need Jillian Guy and we got DeAndre Carter. And nothing against Carter. Carter is a fine player, and obviously he's made some big catches throughout the year. So I applaud him for that. Nineteen receptions to two hundred twenty nine yards. He's getting the most like routes and the most use as a receiver in his entire career at like at age what thirty two or something like that. Yeah. I don't, he's like there's something wrong with that. When you have to rely on him to be your kind of, you know, your speed threat, like 29. something's wrong there. 29. It feels like he's 40. I don't know. <laughs> Some of the team runs are like 40. Guys, we're going to take a short break uh, with some exciting messages and a special cameo. Then we're going to come back and we're going to turn it positive. Hey, guys. This is Chargers running back Joshua Kelly, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Much love. I. Hey Bolt fam, it's Dan at UKLA Chargers here. Can you believe it's 100 episodes already? Uh, seems like only the other day, not that I really remember it, what a blur. Um, in the time we've done 100 episodes, I must have worn about 50 different hats, so thank you for sticking with us. Um, and heck, thank you to that one person who recognised us in public. <laughs> that's, that's still wild to me. Um, but yeah, thanks everyone for all the support. Uh, keep listening, keep being wonderful. And uh, I bolt up. Ah, oh, that's quality. Well done, Dan. Absolutely brilliant. Um, so yeah, so now we're going to take two things. We're going to turn some positivity. What? Do, how do we think we can compete? You know, do we think there's a chance some juice to be squeezed out this roster? And I want a very spicy hot take that you're going to put on the line for the rest of the season. That you have to eat a hat if it doesn't come off. I'm going to go all the way to John was. Junior. 50 burger on Chiefs. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> you weren't getting away with it. <laughs> Just eat your hat now. Face. Which one? Which one? I've got, I've got, a, I've got a, a, a range of charged hats. <laughs> I love it. You know, you know, 50 burger on the Chiefs. And, and do you think that this is a Chargers roster that can heal up, come out of the bye and produce... Give me it some can heal up. It can heal up 100%. Can it come out of the bye with some juice? I don't know. I think there's an element there of if we're looking for a new offensive coordinator, that's a failure on the front office, and they probably won't do that. Um, this is a great time now to actually, in my opinion, I would let the players just have a few days off and reset rather than working too hard. You've got to stay positive. There's no point in at four and three going seasons over because that's 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 horse manure. We Steelers a, a great barometer for a ten and zero team that collapsed. You know in the, in the second half of the season, so you have to stay positive. We've got some great football players on this roster. We need them all back healthy. We need Keenan Allen playing. We need Joey Bosa playing. We need Herbert playing to his full potential. Uh, and we know that he's potentially being stifled by the play calling. So I'm upbeat. I, I think we'll win every game going forward. And we're not going to. That That's 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 obvious. You know, we, we've we had a great chance to uh, reel the, the Chiefs in. That's slipping away. So we've just got to hope that we can get over the line. I, I think... In terms of staying positive and looking forward, we have to make the playoffs as a minimum. We really do. Um, but that all depends on, on what happens on the field. We've seen some really bad play calling. Uh, I think the fourth and Staley's got out of hand in, in terms of... <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Is it metrics? Is it just luck? Um, I don't know. 
But on the fourth of Staley's, let's talk about this. If you're making use of those first, second and third downs, you, you shouldn't be having to rely on the fourth down situation as much as we are. So you have to look at that as well. There's a lot of things to clean up. As I said, special teams are massive positive. But unfortunately, uh, we, we've been struggling elsewhere. If we get into a situation where, um, you know, we, we, we're getting blown out, can we can we reel it in and turn it around? Well, no, we proved against um, Jacksonville and Seattle we couldn't. So that there has to be a mindset change. And I do think the likes of Sebastian Joseph Day, Cleo Mack, uh, Keenan Allen, I think they need to, you know, really get round some of the the, the 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 sophomore players, some of the rookies, and and just inject a bit of uh, confidence into them because sometimes you're in an organisation where you're going to get a senior players saying just ignore what he said because he's talking garbage. It happens. It happens in every sport. Just because you're the coach doesn't mean to say that you've got the monopoly on all the good ideas. Mm-hmm. If you take your eye off the ball. And you get the scouting wrong, you get the playbook wrong, it's going to fall apart. Um, it just seems to me that teams are able to switch it up. Pete Carroll coached Seattle last week like his Super Bowl year. Seattle were a three and three team. They were playing 500 football. They should not have come into our building and do what they did. And if that carries on, it's good night, Irene. But let's stay positive. Yes, lad. Well, from one John to another. Hot take and positivity. Go. Um, so I think offensively, a guy I've been, you know, really wanting to see out there. Um, you know, I think Spiller finally gets some chances moving forward. I, I don't think you can look at what Sony Michelle has done and say, yeah, we need to continue doing that. Okay. Uh, Joshua Kelly is out for at least another two weeks. So I think there's a chance for Spiller to come in there and make his mark. And I honestly think he will. I think he'll come out and he'll show why they drafted him where he did, why he so much hype coming out of college. Um, and I think he, that he's going to be able to secure a spot as a running back too. I think when Joshua Kelly comes back, you're going to have actually, you know, two good running backs behind um, Austin Eckler. And I think that'll be a big boon for this offense. But I think, you know, hot take, I, I really think that um, Isaiah Spiller becomes our running back too moving forward. And on defense, um, I think... And this is gonna be crazy. I think Michael Davis rounds back out to his previous form. I oh, think Michael Davis, yeah. the the player that we gave a contract to because we saw some potential there, and he was increasing. I think Michael Davis comes in, and I think he does not skip a beat. I think he does a better job than JC Jackson. Now I know that's a low bar, so maybe that's not really a hot take. But I think Michael Davis, and again, he's not gonna be perfect, guys. He's he's a CB two. He's not a CB one. I don't think Michael Davis is a CB one. Okay, I'll be honest with that. He's still gonna give up a bonehead play or, or a big play here and there. But I think that. Michael Davis is going to be able to come in. He's going to lock up some receivers every once in a while. And I think that he's going to do a really good job uh, in that position. I think ASJ is going to send to our CB1 if he isn't already now. I think he has been. It just hasn't really been official. But ASJ is our CB1. Michael Davis is our CB2. And Callahan continues to be really, really good guarding out of the slot. And I think when those, those three pieces are back into it together on a regular basis, I actually think that this defense, at least the secondary, uh, takes a step forward. And I think in the second half of the season, the, uh, the tar- Chargers have a top five secondary. Now, what does that say about the running game? I don't know about the running game, but I think they have a top five secondary. I also think that they have, from the first seven games, I think they double those amount of turnovers in the next seven games. 
I mean, if you've watched, that? if you've watched, no, it, that'd be good. There have been a that lot of, be there have been a lot of really close calls. There have been, yeah. Yeah. I mean, heck, there have been at least three different turnovers that should have happened, but were re- overruled yeah. by referees, and they're bad calls. So I'm just saying that I think that this this secondary has a chance to be a really, really good unit. And I think that the turnovers increase. I think that they lock down. And I think teams are forced to try to run against this team, which unfortunately right now isn't that hard yet again. So those are my takes moving forward. Oh, I like it. Hot, spicy takes. You know, I, I think actually, you know, you won't be in a hat. I, th- I think I can get on board with that. Come on, Dan, you have so many hats. You said in your video, you've worn many of them. You're going to have to eat one. How are you going to eat one? And uh, talk to me. What's uh, what's the uh, status of the charges? Positivity. Well, I've got like 10 pairs of chopsticks here. I'm sure I could manage something there with eating a hat um this uh bubble hat's kind of noodly at the top so we could probably make <laughs> Don't something choke on it like a furball i can hear your cat my cat oh, no, yeah. here. Oh. no no choking here that's that's <laughs> something we'll leave to brandon staley um oh. so <laughs> my my hot take um and no, i think we end the season with two players with double digit sacks it's a bit of a long shot right now. Max got sixth, second best, I think, is at two and a half. Uh, Morgan Fox has two and a half. Um, but with Jeremiah Tatcher's going to get 10 sacks in the second half of the season. <laughs> exactly. No, um, <laughs> no, I just feel like we're going to start seeing more um, of a result of Khalil Mack's pressure. I, I don't think Khalil Mack will go much past 10. Um, and I think teams will start focusing more on him leaving up some more um, Tranquil, James, maybe the return of Bosa. I don't know. Uh, not thought that far ahead. Um, but that's kind of where my head's at. See, I, I like that take. It's good. I, I've got a spicy one. A spicy the meatball. It's going to blow you all out of the water. It's specific. It's detailed. And you can hold me to account. I won't be eating a hat because the charges are going to heal up. They're going to get players back. Slater. Bosa, Lindsay's going to get Lindsay's going to get fit. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams comes back. We sneak into the playoffs. We play the Chiefs on the road in Justin Herbert's first playoff game, and guess what? He beats them. That is my prediction. The Chargers will beat the Chiefs in the first round of the playoffs. Is that, is that with a fifty burger, Buzz? Mate, you can have that fifty burger in that game. I'll leave your bet <laughs> open then. But I'm telling you now, we beat those Chiefs. That is my. I'll take that. Take. I'll take that, guys. It's uh, we've spread some positivity. We have some more messages, um, and afterwards we're going to change the topic. We're going to talk coffee with John Ayres after this. What's up, guys? I'm Sean Lightsout Merriman, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolt Podcast. Thanks for listening. Hey there, Bolt fam. It's your guy, Adidroid Airs, hashtag Audible Chocolate. Um, and I wanted just to thank you guys all for being uh, loyal listeners and following us on Twitter. Uh, it's been a crazy ride, 100 episodes. Like, come on, man. I just We were just a bunch of guys, uh, all living internationally, who wanted to get together and bring our unique views and our unique brand of entertainment uh, to the Charger fan community, and honestly, you guys have responded. And you know, we may not be the biggest or most popular pod out there, but you know, I like to think that we bring uh, special and unique um, perspective to the game. Uh, and you know what? Everything that we bring to you is 100% our own personal views. We never steal anything. We're never just regurgitating things. We're just bringing you what we see. You know, and honestly, it's 
we didn't, when we did this, we weren't even sure if we we're going to get more than five or 10 people, mostly our wives and families, uh, to even listen to this thing and, uh, to see kind of the outpouring of support from you guys, the charger community. It just means a lot to us. So, you know, much love to everybody out there, uh, in the bolt fam and chargers, Twitter, whatever you want to call yourselves. And, uh, you know, we're going to keep going and keep putting out content. And as long as you guys want to keep hearing it, we're going to keep doing it. So, uh, again, much appreciation for you guys. Hundred episodes, amazing, uh, and we look forward to moving on and hopefully being a Super Bowl team podcast one day. Who knows? Anyways, uh, enjoy it, and uh, we will be in your earbuds real soon again. Bolt up! Oh, fantastic! Loved it. Two great videos. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Um, first of all, you know, we, we've talked about the charges, but I left you alone for one week and you just turn this into a coffee podcast. Um, I want to know from John Ayres, uh, what is going on with your Instagram and all these blends and herbs? Give me, give me some tips. Um, tip number one, throw away your instant coffee machines and get a real espresso bar machine. Okay. Yes. They're like a thousand dollars US, but it's worth it. Okay. Like I said, there are two things in life that you want to spend money on your bed. And I've got, I spent a lot of money on my bed. And trust me, every time I get in that bed, I'm generally very happy I do that. And two, your coffee machine, okay? Everything else, go cheap. I don't care. Go cheap everywhere else. Buy a crap car. Don't even buy a car. Just ride a bike, right? Just, but you got to have the coffee and the sleep. And that's what I do. I, I do that all day long. And I've got this amazing new Breville. And I could talk all day long about grinding the beans, having a proper burr grinder. And a tip <laughs> out there for anyone out there who is grinding their own beans, like, oh, I got a grinder from somebody. Make sure it's a burr grinder, okay? Burr grinders gears, it grinds it up like this. It doesn't create heat. When you have those blade grinders that are almost like little like blenders or like zzz, what they're doing is they're actually heating up your beans and they're actually re-roasting them, all right? You're going to get... Uh, coffee that's a little bit more bitter because of that okay second quality of the bean okay you need good quality beans don't just go to your local uh, bodega and grab whatever coffee beans are sitting on the shelf there who knows how long they've been there always buy beans that you know when they were roasted okay you want to be uh, using beans that have been roasted in the last anywhere between two and three weeks okay if they've been if they were roasted any time after that point toss them they're basically just trash okay so um and then at that point it's just having fun right milk frothers how what how much heat 150 is pretty standard i like a 160 i like a little bit more kind of creaminess in my lattes but that's just me you know you do you right it's 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 the whole world so uh i just i can't believe that we started this off and you know i was living in costa rica so obviously coffee was a big part of my life there too and the fact that i've been able to talk this much coffee for this long is insane <laughs> to me um and the only thing i love more than coffee is zero vision i think so this is amazing and and i have just on that point between the two Johns, you've moved more in your in the in the time we've done a hundred episodes. And I oh, think yeah. I've li- I've moved in my life. I Dan, we, we you and I need to move house or something like seven times. Yeah, I, yeah. I've just realised I'm on my, I'm on my third house since we did this pod. Since we started yeah. this pod, I'm in the and, same and, room. John's on his third house as well. Dan's in the same room. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the same house. Me and Dan, not we not I mean, going anywhere. As yours isn't really the same house though, because no, you had yours. Yeah, I really just like burned shred. down. <laughs> You're just yeah. like, ah, screw I had a ce- no ceiling for two years, then I ripped yeah. it all down to pieces. Yeah, and it's still not finished. But so it's pretty uh, much so a new. It's pretty much a new house. So yeah, it's kind of like you moved. But yeah, I'll take it. So Dan, sort your life out. Get get moving. You know, come to Bolton. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a lot of stuff he's got to move though. Like every time I see all it that is. stuff in the back, all those collectibles, I'm just like, God, how long do you think it would take to pack all that up and then re? distribute it all out that feels like just clean film it all just stick it in the van you'll be you'll be done in five minutes (laughs) (laughs) 
to be fair, it is just this one room, like oh. our entire flat. So it's not, it be wouldn't right. be that hard. Throw out the window, clean film it, but on a trampoline, you're out, you're out. Um, before, I think, John, you might have to go shortly. You know, it's been amazing having you. 100 episodes, celebrating. We'll be back next week. But, uh, you know, thank you for your kind messages. And, and your... we're not sponsored by Temper Mattresses or Nespresso yet. So, or Burr, Burr Grinders. So, you know, keep grinding. Yet. Those, those marketing campaign. I love it. Keep grinding. <laughs> Drink local. Hashtag coffee nerd. Hashtag audible chocolate. Anyways, thanks, guys. Again, I just want to thank Bez for initially reaching uh Bez for starting the podcast and Waz for initially reaching out to me and getting me involved. Like I I'm just a fan like everybody else, and I was spitting my hot takes on Twitter and whatever message boards because hey, I had them and I wanted someone to know about them. And you know what? The fact that you guys would be like, hey, let's bring this American Joker on with my <laughs> microwave tea and everything. Like I appreciate oh, wait, that you took you're me a on joker? I didn't realize you were meant to be funny. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Love you, John. <laughs> Love you, John. Hot take, John. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see everyone here next week and uh, bolt up, everybody. Bolt Enjoy up, the John. rest of the show. Cheers, mate. Yeah, it's been a pleasure having him. Um, yeah. So we're, we're going to crack on. We're going to continue um, and we're going to talk about how desperate we are all to go to SoFi. So li- just a little little hint and, and a bit of a thing to the listeners. I uh, dragged was to uh, Spurs' stadium. Um, don't worry, Dan, your turn's next. Uh, to go and watch a football game. And I have been, seen the... It's fine. It's all right, you're on it. Uh, I have been to an NFL game there, seen them at Wembley and, you know, just incredible places to watch the sport. Um, and even, you know, you can see it's growing, but I can't imagine it's anything like watching a game of American football, watching the Chargers so far. So we want to get out there. So first of all, if you're listening to this, you live in America and want to, you know, give me your tickets and a flight and put me up. I'm happy with that. But we, we, we do need to get out there and see it. What, what, what do you think? How do you think it would differ was from what we've experienced in the UK? I think first first of all, I just want to uh, caveat something. It's an absolute honour and a privilege to watch the NFL uh, in the UK, although I refuse to go watch the Jaguars game. Uh, I've seen them far too many times. I, I think the game's on field. That's that's the similarities, but that's that's where it ends. You, you know, we don't have the, the real estate um, to do the tailgating uh, parties that we see in the States. And I know John is, is a big tailgater when he goes up to the SoFi with his, with his uh, wife. Um, and and, and the, the general atmosphere, because you're not generally going to get 32 jerseys in the stadium uh, for a, a Chargers-Titans game. I know us three all went to the Chargers-Titans in 2018. It was amazing. Um, and it's, it's difficult when you're sat in the stands, and Philip Rivers aired that ball down to Tyrell Williams on the first drive. I was going berserk. There's there's there was a half a dozen Chargers fans around me, and everyone else were were obviously oh, neutral fans. Fantastic. They weren't getting excited, but there were lots of Chargers fans around. And I think that's another caveat for our American listeners. There are plenty of Chargers across the UK. So Huge. I think and that's the globe. Where it, yeah, and I think I think that's where it differs is the, is the actual overall package. The other sad thing about watching, and I say sad as in it's it's not great, um, of watching uh, football in the UK, because of the, our, how can I put it, lack of real estate, when it gets to the two-minute warning, people are automatically thinking, I need to get on that public transport and get home. Uh, and that's why you see a max exodus. It's got nothing to do with the standard of football generally. 
It's more about I don't want to be sat in this queue or line for your uh, our American friends. I don't want to be sat in this line for two hours waiting to get on the train. Bez, you and I left Tottenham Hotspur Stadium early on, on Sunday. Uh, and it's a good job that we did because when you've got 60,000 people trying to get on three different trains, it's not much fun. No. So I, I think the overall package, and I, I think I've spoken about getting out there on a Thursday, um, going going back to Universal Studios in LA on the on the Friday, just having a mooch around LA and sort of the stadium Saturday and, and then taking a full game in on the Sunday, including tailgating. So I think the overall package, it is, you know, it's a bit like soccer. If if you're you know um, if there was an international game in the states, it would be completely different as if you're going to watch Liverpool, Manchester United at Anfield. So uh, you know um, do need to get out there. Clearly, COVID put a stop to all that, um, and air travel still not great for us Brits because you're getting messed around. Lots of flight delays. Um, flying out to Mexico the other week was particularly difficult. Actually, getting out of the airport. Because a lot of uh, a lot of the staff have left the industry, so it needs to settle down. But 100 percent want to get out there. Yeah, D- Danny, you coming with? That's too expensive, mate. <laughs> but tell you what, the 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 worst crowd that I've been a part of leaving a stadium, like in terms of trying to get anywhere and trying to move through the crowd, was at the Dolphin Stadium. Uh, going to WrestleMania. That was the worst crowd I've been in for trying to get out of the stadium. So it's it's, it's interesting. To do that. Yeah, it was the Dolphin Stadium, though. So um, whatever <laughs> it's called now, uh, I think it's had about a hard dozen rock. names. Hard I, rock. Think it, yeah. I think it was Hard Rock. I don't know that it still is. Um, but second, second worst is an England game at Wembley. Um, the old Wembley I is have, even worse. Oh, yeah. I, I went to the old Wembley as well because um, I was fortunate enough to see Colchester United play there. Strangely. On. Yeah, it's weird. Um, Who were they? But I know. I know. I know. Exactly. We're no Accrington Stanley. We could only dream of being Accrington Stanley. But um, I've been to my fair share of games at Wembley and I've been to a couple at the Tottenham ground. Um, it's pretty amazing. Definitely it is, it is. It's a, a both. Tottenham Ground. Do you know what? I'm going to put this on record. I think Wembley is absolutely garbage in terms of how much it costs to build that stadium. Only only in the United Kingdom would planners allow a, a multi-million dollar housing project to be wrapped around the National Stadium. It's an absolute joke. Wembley is not a patch of the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, in my opinion. I don't think the atmosphere is great in there. It's overpriced. Um, again, just grateful to be able to watch the football there. Wembley Arena's not that great either. No, um, I did see the darkness there about <laughs> 20 years ago or whatever. Yeah, Stadium or Arena? That was in Wembley Arena. Why am I not surprised you went to watch a garbage band called the Don't Darkness? forget Eurovision tickets on set. <laughs> I'm going to... It's pronounced garbage band. Do you know what? Do you know what? I've actually... I've actually what's happened. We'll talk about Eurovision. I'll let, I'll let you do it for 15 seconds. I'm going to win the lottery. I'm going to buy yep. all the Eurovision tickets and throw them in the bin so no one can go. <laughs> well, I'm definitely... It's in Liverpool. It's coming to Liverpool. I know there's a lot of American fans. It's the greatest show after NFL, I think. Um, and on stadiums, the greatest stadium, Tottenham was fantastic, but there's nothing like Hillsborough. <laughs> nothing like Hillsborough. On, on that note, we're going to take a, a, a short break and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Hey, Bolt fam. John Walls Jr. here. 
Just a massive shout out to all the listeners. Um, episode 100 coming up with Charged Up Bolts podcast. It's been a blast over the last three years and we thank everyone who's tuned in, shared, liked, got involved and come to say hello on the podcast with John, Bez and Dan, myself. Keep listening, keep watching and bolt up. Hey guys, it's Elliot here. You know me better as Bez from the Charged Up Bolts podcast. And I just want to say a huge thank you for sticking with us as we hit episode 100 today and we're celebrating with this fantastic special episode. Do you know what? I want to say a huge thank you to all the partners, family, the friends, colleagues that have supported us. And in particular, obviously, you, the listeners. Um, I was checking out just before we were recording and I cannot believe that we are listened to on every continent on the planet. You know, thank you to the Australia crew. There's a lot out there that listen to us in there's Africa too, all across Europe, five listeners in Japan, South America as well. And of course, the two big groups. Thank you to you guys in America, you lucky people who get to see the Chargers live. And of course, our UK fan base. Do you know what? Here's to the next 100. I've really enjoyed doing this with, with my guys. And thank you to, to the other three for being fantastic co-hosts, especially was I love winding him up by not wearing any Chargers gear. Hopefully he's a bit better, a bit satisfied that I'm in some Chargers gear tonight. Anyway, here's to the next 100. Here's to seeing the Chargers win a Super Bowl. Thank you for listening and bolt up from the Charged Up Bolt team. I can't believe that you were stood outside the Salford training ground recording that. I can't believe that happened either. <laughs> and, and my I third... I can't believe you've both changed... Best, I, I forgot that we got we got hauled out. We got recognised at, at Tottenham. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was um, you, oh, that was you bizarre. You, you were off snoozing with the pro sandwich brigade while me and Dan were real fans. It was, it was. I think it was my multicoloured hat that gave us away. Yeah, I think it was. Um, yeah, it good was. Looks. I remember you saying. Yeah, and your good looks. Um, Obviously, but that was it. Was still bizarre. Um, it was one of the most surreal moments of my life so far. So. I'm definitely going back to get. I mean, I haven't done any games this year because of the move and stuff, but I'll definitely be back there next year. Oh, mate! You know, and we're getting, now we're now we're famous podcasters. We'll be recognised all over the place. We could get press passes and, and the works. Um, and I'm, I'm talking to the UK Chargers guys about doing a meetup in Manchester and London. There's two two groups and getting people together, watching a game, finding a location, and, and having some fun. So you know, it's it's going to be exciting. Um, there's lots going on. The, the podcast rolls on. The next 100 are going to be fantastic. Um, the final segment before we finish up. Why, Dan? Are you a Chargers fan? I'll go to was next up. I wish I knew, mate. <laughs> I wish I knew. No, I've, I've back when I was in the uh, LA Times uh, when I was interviewed because um, I'm a big shot. I spoke about how the thing that got me into the Chargers was watching the international series, watching Chargers Giants, and specifically LT just having a great game. Yeah, we lost, but eh, who cares? Uh, it was entertaining and I just wanted to root for that guy and then it grew into rooting for that team behind me in a cabinet somewhere up here is a signed LT uh, college uh, card and that's Jealous. that's that's not leaving there there's also a Philip Rivers next to it um, that's the two cards there oh. uh, and yeah those two guys yeah those two guys were what really 
hooked me in all those years ago. That must have been, what, 12, 13 years ago now. Um, I used to only really watch the Super Bowl before then, and even then, kind of on and off, I wasn't exactly staying up till 5 a.m., like, dedicated watching it. But, um, yeah, I kind of watched that game, and I was like, yeah, that's my, that's my team, I guess, um, back in the North Turner days. <laughs> I love it. You know, a lot of people got hooked around that time and, and have never seen the Chargers win the division you and I are alike, you know, was you, you've liked the charges a little longer than that. Yeah. So I, my affiliation with the NFL goes back to the mid eighties. Um, we lived in West Berlin. He's the we old one. Had, I'm the old one. We only had two English TV channels that we could watch. One was the British forces broadcasting service, which was on for about three hours a day. I'm not exaggerating. Um, and then this we World War get, One or World War Two? Right? World War Two, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then, um, in, in living in West Berlin, we also had the American Forces Network, which we actually re- I don't know why, but we could only receive it in black and white, which is crazy. At least you showed games. And the first game that I ever watched, and I, I'm not sure the opposition was, but it was 100. It was the Seahawks. Everyone uh, was a referee in black and everyone white. Everyone was a referee. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, I. I I, I, I remember watching the Seahawks um, and for years and years I was neutral um, and my deductions were quite simple. I was never going to support a team in red. I was never going to support um, Green Bay for two reasons. One, you weren't getting tickets and two, I ain't going to Wisconsin in December because you're going to freeze your butt off. Um, and we had a family vacation to San Diego in 2009 and then that was it. I became a charger. It's Oops. as simple as that. Went down to Q. Uh, tried to blag my way into the stadium when there were, no one was there and the woman was having none of it. I was like, I'm an army veteran, just let me in. No. So didn't get in there. I, I think we came away with about $400 worth of gifts, which basically related to a dog bowl for our dog, obviously, and two fridge magnets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I, I, sadly, I didn't get to two, 2007 game. Uh, obviously, I went to the Titans game. That was disappointing, that, actually, because we were supposed to come down the Saturday night and meet LT like Dan did and the rest of the guys. But for, I can't remember what happened now. Um, one of our family members couldn't look after our dog that evening, so we didn't get down to the Sunday. But I did meet um, uh, Nate Burleson and the crew from Good Morning Football. Uh, that was my Twitter picture for, for quite a while. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, been charges through and through. I tell you what, I knew you were going to ask me this. And I, there was a guy, I think, I'm sure it was a Dirty Raiders game, was at Wembley. And I got my I got my jersey on like Dan. And I heard this guy making sarky comments about Rivers. And I tell you what, I wish I'd have gone back and actually destroyed him because talking <laughs> crap. And I, and I think, if I remember rightly, he got a Seahawks jersey on because at the time, when the Seahawks had done back-to-back Super Bowls, a lot of Brit fans jump on the bandwagon. Certainly you find with the Steelers. that. Mm-hmm. Certainly, with, certainly with the Steelers. Certainly with Dallas. Uh, certainly with um, uh, New England. Now, a lot of the older generation that are slightly older than me uh, have got an affiliation with, with uh, uh, the Niners and... The 49ers. All, all that older generation, like the well, Montana. Yeah. And Montana the and Dan Marino. Mm. And, I, and I get that because back then there, there wasn't the coverage that we've got now. So you know, I do respect these uh, these uh, supporters that, that 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 follow 
all 32 teams that, you know, the guys that follow the New York teams, I mean, the Jets have been garbage for years. But uh, yeah, it's Chargers for me. And there are more Chargers than what you think. And it does surprise me. I was talking about this. I was talking about you, Dan, the other day um, with, one, with one of our directors. And I was saying, you know, Steady. He, he bumped, not you, but he bumped into, um, you know, you bumped into Derwin, you got his, his jersey and he couldn't believe it. And I, I'm surprised that the Americans are surprised that we know what's going on. Um, I've got a great friend uh, in Upper New York State, uh, Don Young. Don's a massive Bills fan. First met Don in the swim-up bar, uh, in the in the pool bar in, in Mexico, playing on Carmen 2018. And he stood there with his Bills mug. And I was like, hey, mate, hello. I said, I'm a Bills fan. He must have thought, oh, my God, he's a brick going to talk about football. So I went up to him and started talking about the Bills offensive line. He was like, what the heck? And before we know it, we hit it off and... I think we, we had a, a, a Patriots fan. Uh, we used to get together every day. We, we're still friends ever since. But they were sort of quite amazed of, of, of my, my general knowledge of the game. You know, it's, it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's not good enough to be on ESPN or CBS or anything like that. But I am surprised that the Americans are surprised that we know so much about football. It's an amazing sport. For me, I've been watching soccer like you have, Bez, for years and, and yourself, Dan. Football is way more interesting. I mean, for a start, it's 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 a kind of an even kill where you're not going to get Man City winning the league every year. You know, you, you don't get that in the NFL. You, you you'll get it, it's cyclical. You know, we had we saw New England dominating. We might see the Chiefs dominate. We might not. You know, Tom Brady comes back at the age of seventy five and, and wins the Super Bowl <laughs> with Tampa Bay. Uh, there's a bit more parity uh, in the NFL, uh, a, a lot more uncertainty. Um, it's something you don't get in soccer ball, as I call it. Um, and, I, and I think I've, I've started to develop apathy for the round game, whereas, you know, I think because the NFL is such a short season and it is week to week overreaction, a week to week underreaction, uh, I think that's what we, we enjoy uh, so much about the game. Of course we do. You know, it's, it's, it's an amazing sport. We, we love it. We wouldn't love to be here talking about it if we didn't love it. Um, for me, I chose the Chargers because got into the NFL, used to start watching it, enjoyed the fantasy side and wanted to pick a team. Um, and I wanted, I, I'm obviously Spanish, the Hispanic links, the beautiful jerseys. And I did want to be called Diego when I was a kid. So uh, it just all fit and then started watching it and realised just how... <laughs> and then, and then they moved. <laughs> then they moved. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, and, of course, Philip Rivers joshing with Cutler when he was at Denver was absolutely fantastic. So, uh, you know, wow. you, you, I wouldn't pick any other team. Wow. The other thing is... Dan's <laughs> The San Diego Salty edition now. Um, and the other thing with the Chargers is that there's a lot of glory supporters that, that jump on bandwagons and they go, Oh, who won? I'll, I'll pick theirs. You've got Raiders are a fashion accessory in the UK. You've got people of different ages will, will typically support the team that was good at the time. And you've got the latest round of people, the cheese heads, the Packers have just started to die out. And you've got this whole new generation that are coming through, which are Rams and new England and Chiefs fans coming through. And I don't want that. I want to go on a journey with the team that's never won it. Um, you know, I don't support any team that is successful. <laughs> All my teams, I apologise to the Chargers fans. Uh, probably my fault, but uh, none of my teams 
Um, and, you know, it's, it's been nice doing this podcast with, with someone what was obviously, and I have support a lot of the same teams in all different sports. And it turns and, out we've got family literally in the same zip code. What the heck? I'm sure, I'm sure we're somehow related. Yeah, you know? we probably are somewhere um, along the lines. Of and, and it's ridiculous that, that one day, hopefully, I'll get to see each and every one of my teams win their first major trophy because none of them have done it. So, you know, it's, it's been great. I want to finish on one amazing segment. And that Just is... to jump back in oh, for on, a second there, I, I did hats. say it was Chargers against Giants, but it wasn't. It was the Saints, of course. Saints and I have Saints, seen yeah. the Chargers win the division twice. So. Oh, you lucky. So you both have seen 2009. it. I told yeah. you it was my fault. I told you it was my fault. Um, so, you know, the last segment to give positivity. It's our 100th episode, guys. And let's just answer the question of all questions. When will the Chargers win a Super Bowl, Dan? Um. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> what year are we now? We're 2022. So, give it another 20 years. We can't win it this year because the Super Bowl's um, in 2023. <laughs> true. Um, no, I. There's there's every chance that it's uh, next couple of years or not for another seven or eight. Uh, I would tend to think that if things did turn around this year, uh, turn around, we're four and three. Hopefully things don't turn around, things continue. Um, <laughs> if if we end this season in the playoffs and have a shot at it, then I'd like to think the next year would also be a team with the possibility of having a shot. Beyond that, I think when we have to pay Herbert, um, that the rest of the team suffers as a result, and we probably have then seen the best of Alan, Bosa, Doe and James possibly starting to decline. So I could I could see it then being like either the next couple of years or 2030. Uh, at least if it's 2030, my son will be old enough to appreciate it. Oh, yes. Um, but I'd like rather it. it be this season. And in 2030. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why can't we have all of it? Yeah. Come on, Wals. When are we winning it? Are we winning it? 2025. When? When? Philip Rivers is GM and Drew Brees is the head coach. How's about that? <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, I love that. Look at that jersey on your son. That's class. You, you know what? I, I think you have to believe that we can win. Otherwise, it's That's why the, the sport's fantastic because there's yeah. always a chance. Well, you'd have the thought Denver would have won it when they re when they when they signed Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning probably believed it. Yeah. Probably did. <laughs> But who would have actually thought, you know, you've got a, a guy there that's had multiple neck surgeries. He's not mobile. Very, 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 very intelligent football player. Arguably the most intelligent in, in terms of reading the game. Who'd have thought that they they, they could have won? I mean, you know, it's, it, it is, you, you kind of expected the Chiefs to win when they won because they're very explosive. Um, and the pieces that uh, Bill Belichick and had they, at New England. just added another explosive piece Did in Kansas City as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, we, we've got we've got to believe, but I do I do think now we're starting to see a decline in, in possibly Keenan Allen. Uh, I, I think he's even if he gets healthy, I think he's going he's going to be struggling with that hamstring going forward. It, it, it's what he can do, how he can he can adapt uh, his game uh, going into next season, but. We, we, we've got to be positive. Um, we, we need a bit, you know, Telesco and, uh, has been hammered 
for not picking up um, better depth position. I mean, we've got about, I think we've got 4.9 million left in cap space. Um, but I keep, I'll keep saying this all day long. If a player is good enough to be on a roster, he's going to be on a roster. So when you're looking at depth pieces, it's the best of tier three and four football players. It's as simple as that. True. It is a lot of luck involved in the National Football League, especially when the Zebras are not consistent. Yeah, it's true, but you're both wrong. The Chargers are going to win a Super Bowl in this season. This is our year. Bring the... We're going to turn it around, boys. Add positivity. Bez, in hot take. I tell you what, if, if, if we win the Super Bowl this season, all, all, all your fines are uh, down the pan. And you, you both can eat all your hats, and I'm sure you will do, <laughs> willingly. Guys, it's 100 episodes. It's come to an end. Now we're on to 101 next week, but it's fantastic. Huge thank you to everyone that listens and supports us, all family, friends, you guys, the amazing co-hosts, and every single one of our listeners. Where can we find you on the socials? I'm at UKLA Chargers, um, or, you know, at Blue Emolga, whichever, but mostly the Chargers one. That's the important one. can get me at endzone85 and charged up underscore bolts. Don't forget, you can get John Ayres at Adroit Ayres, hashtag Audible Chocolate. You can get me at Bez the Spaniard and the podcast at Charged Up Pod. The end of the greatest podcast episode of all time. Thank you and bolt up. This is Rashawn Slater, first round draft pick for the LA Chargers, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Bolt up.